Hey there, uh, it's me, Colton, uh, one of the hosts of the Maga Mavericks podcast on allcomic.com. And uh, if you are on the main podcast feed at the moment, you may be wondering, what is this? This is not an episode of Manga Mavericks. No, it looks like a new podcast. That's right. This is the first episode of a new sort of side podcast uh, that is uh, exclusive to our Patreon at patreon.com slash manga mavericks. Uh, for those who may not be uh, patrons of ours already... Uh, over at Patreon, we have a $5 tier where uh, if you sign up for that tier in particular, not only do you get our eternal thanks for supporting us, uh, you also get one bonus podcast at the end of every month. And uh, I guess just to kind of pull the curtain back here a little bit, uh, when we first started up the Patreon, um, we had one or two ideas for uh, what we wanted to cover as like a bonus podcast episode. Um, but that's the thing, right? We only had a few ideas. Um, so we were sort of kind of scrambling to think of like, well, you know, what, what, what kind of stuff do we want to do with our bonus podcast episodes? You know, what can we feasibly put out possibly every month? Well, um, I kind of threw the idea out there of doing a series of sort of read through podcasts. Um, and that's basically what this podcast is going to be. Uh, this podcast entitled The Manga Mavericks Book Club. Um, so essentially with this new series of podcasts, originally this was just going to be a series of read-through podcasts covering the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga because at the time, um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the first three parts had just become available on the Shauna Jump app from Viz Media. And, uh, you know, from there I thought, hey, it might be kind of cool to you know, to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure or whatever, because we we dedicated a whole episode of Manga Mavericks to it about a year or two ago at this point, you know, covering every part. And, uh, you know, as, as much ground as we covered in that episode, I mean, like, it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, you know, there's so much to talk about. Um, so I thought it would be cool to talk about the manga uh, volume by volume. But then um, I think from there, as I kept recording episodes of this podcast, you know, at some point I figured, oh, why don't we just make this um, an entirely separate podcast from the Manga Mavericks podcast? Um, because truth be told, there are other series that, uh, you know, we might have covered on the show at one point or another, but I feel like maybe we could cover in more detail. Or, um, you know, there are some episodes of Manga Mavericks that we have yet to record that um, I may not be able to join or Lum might not be able to join. And I figured uh, sort of as a compromise for uh, not being able to come on an episode to talk about a particular series, you know, we would basically cover it down the line as a, uh, as a read-through series. Um, but for now, we're kind of experimenting with this new show idea in covering all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 1 Phantom Blood in particular. Basically, for the next three episodes of this podcast, I will be joined by Grant, otherwise known as Grant the Thief on Twitter, and uh, we, we introduce him in, in the show proper and all that in a little bit, but uh, but no, yeah, uh, basically, I just thought I'd come here and basically, you know, let you guys know that this is a new podcast series that we're going to be doing exclusively for our Patreon. With that being said, if you're wondering why uh, the first episode of this is in our main podcast feed, 
Um, basically, I decided to put up the first episode of this podcast as sort of a preview for people who may be interested in this new podcast series. Uh, you know what? Uh, ho- hopefully, if you listen to this episode and you, you want to hear me talk about JoJo with Grant more, uh, you know, go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sign up for a $5 tier, and you'll basically get new episodes of this new podcast every month at the end of the month, guaranteed. Um, and so, yeah, um, our plan for now is to cover part one and then, uh, I'd like to cover 20th Century Boys, but I also have other ideas as far as uh, what other manga I want to cover through the show. And Hey, you know, maybe even Lum will want to do one of their own read throughs. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but for now, take a listen to this episode and I really hope you guys enjoy this one. Cause personally, I, I really think this was a good first episode. Uh, I really enjoyed listening back to it while I was uh, editing it and whatnot. And uh, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty strong one. So hopefully maybe this will convince you to sign up and listen to more. I don't know. Um, If not, I hope you enjoyed the episode anyway. Um, So I think with that out of the way, uh, we're just going to get right into it. Enjoy listening to me and Grant talk about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Let's go. Insert transition here. So after a lot of uh, rescheduling and whatnot, uh, a lot of stuff uh, getting in the way, the universe can't get in our way. Uh, (laughs) This is what I I guess what I'm going to call the first episode of a new podcast uh, brought to you by your friendly neighborhood Mavericks over at Manga Mavericks at all-comic.com. What I'm going to call the Manga Mavericks Book Club. Uh, and uh, just in case I didn't say it at the top of the show, uh, this is basically going to be a sort of side podcast where uh, if, if there is a particular manga series that we want to cover more in depth, uh, this will basically be our space to do so. Because, uh, you know, I, I know we talk a lot on Manga Mavericks about any particular series, so this, this just gives us an, uh, an excuse to talk even more. Um, cause we actually did do a previous Manga Mavericks episode on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure covering pretty much every part, um, which is kind of insane. I can't believe we did that. Um, I'll probably leave a link to that episode in the show notes for this post. Um, but I think we could just get started here. So, um, with me to basically cover all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure part one, Phantom Blood, is, uh, none other than Twitter sensation Grant. How are you doing, Grant? I'm doing well. You thought it would be a good first guess, but it's me, Grant. <laughs> I've now christened the pod, and no one else can make that joke. Oh, quiet you! You're you're great. I don't I don't oh, care what gosh. anyone says. Um, <laughs> I don't care what everyone else says. <laughs> Thanks again for having me on, Colton. It's always great to be here. Yeah, Hanging no, with you. no problem, no problem. Um, so I guess um, I guess we can just kind of. T- uh, I always I feel like I have such trouble like with a new podcast because i'm not i'm not used to like any sort of format yet because i'm just that organized um but um i guess like new jeans you got to wear them in right they don't they're a little stilted at first yeah yeah exactly that's a (laughs) 
pretty amazing analogy there. Uh, Audio so- denim. I think that's what we're going for. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, this is going to be great. So, um, <laughs> so I guess we can just kind of talk about our... Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much I want to talk about myself. Like, basically, if you're listening to this, you probably already listened to the Manga Mavericks podcast. Like, you probably know who I am. I'm Colton. I I do way too many podcasts, and this is going to be another one of them. Um, <laughs> but I'm also the host of Life Lessons in Gintama Manga Cast, uh, on a bit of a hiatus at the moment, but still. Uh, also, the a co-host of One Podcast Prevails is a podcast I do about Detective Conan with my friend Doctor um, from the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast. Um... And that's about it for all my podcast credits, I guess. Um, and uh, I guess uh, I guess I'll talk about. Uh, I guess we could also talk about like our histories with JoJo. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that seems um, appropriate. And I guess while I'm introducing myself, I might as well go first. Um, so I, I guess just to start off with, um, I in particular am already a pretty big JoJo's fan. And when I say big JoJo's fan, I mean I'm pretty much I'm caught up on the anime. Um, that's basically how I got into this. Uh, got into the series because I think before the 2012 anime, like I in particular, I I knew I think I knew what JoJo's was, and I had tried to get into it before, like years and years prior. But like uh, the the art at the time just kind of turned me off. Because um, mm. for those who don't know, um, I think it was like the first volume of Stardust Crusaders in particular, uh, Part Three. And, uh, cause that was all that Viz had released at the time in English. And, uh, I, I don't know, like just, just something about it really like weirded me out and it just was not my thing. Like I was pretty turned off by it, uh, for a lot of reasons, but, uh, pretty much. Yeah. After that, like the 2012 anime was a thing to basically celebrate. I want to say the 20th anniversary, 25th anniversary. It was a milestone Mm -hmm. for Jojo and, um, and, you know, from, like, I basically started watching it from there, and, like, every week, I was just like, wow, this is, uh, pretty entertaining, if nonetheless. Like, I was, <laughs> I was pretty, I was pretty taken with it from, like, the first episode. Uh, which is interesting, because, like, I see some people nowadays say that, like, the first episode is, like, pretty rushed. Like, it, it covers a lot. Like, a, a lot of, like, what we're gonna be talking about on this episode is basically, like, I wanna say, like, two and a half episodes worth of anime um which is is still that's like 11 chapters that's 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 a lot for for an anime i think um but but nonetheless like i really enjoyed it and i've basically been a fan since then like i've i've watched pretty much every anime adaptation that has come out at the time of this recording um which for those who may not know part five just recently ended and i i enjoyed that quite a lot and I guess as far as, like, the manga goes, like, um, Phantom Blood is, I guess, the one manga part that, like, I, I'm technically, right, revisiting it, because I think in between parts, I don't know which part it was, but, like, in between, like, hiatuses for, like, the, for the anime, like, I basically was just like, you know, I need more JoJo, I gotta read it. And, um, I think I read part one before Viz picked it up, because eventually Viz started picking up more JoJo, and... They translate, they, they've basically translated up to part four at this point, or at least they're starting to do part four, uh, which I think is amazing that we've gotten past Stardust Crusaders. Right. Yeah, truly. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is technically my second time going through Phantom Blood. Uh, I, the last time I read it was through, um, other means. Uh, let's just say, <laughs> I know, we've all done the dirty deed. Um, <laughs> at one point or another. As a fellow stand user, I can see your stand, but those who don't have one, you know, they can't see it. It's all invisible. 
um but so yeah that that's basically i guess where i stand on jojo um grant uh why don't you talk about yourself a little, a little bit and your history with jojo because i'm i'm actually curious kind of where you stand uh, so uh first off i guess if you uh you probably are also familiar with me because uh, uh colton has been kind enough to have me on uh numerous shows numerous times uh but i'm grant uh i uh am nominally from the blade licking thieves podcast and the super senpai podcast uh both of which are uh heavily focused on eastern media the, the former uh blade licking thieves where me and somebody sit on the couch and review movies together and uh, super senpai podcast where me and uh another other buddy uh pat we go through and watch uh tokusatsu shows and talk about them with uh guests from time to time um and you probably also know me from uh the vast majority of people probably know me from talking about one piece on twitter which apparently is something people really really enjoy uh much to my surprise one piece i, I don't think anybody likes one piece i don't know, <laughs> I don't know about you <laughs> you know it's this really it's really small like indie comic you probably wouldn't haven't heard about it no not at all <laughs> it's it is it is one piece i don't want to make this a one piece thing but it is weird how like it's it's not something that's like necessarily in your face and then but once you tap into it you just see like the huge like swarm of people that are into it especially kind of internationally uh really really huge following um anyway so yeah jojo's is interesting for me because um i i guess i would consider i am i'm a fan of it i enjoy jojo's um uh, but i'm uh not i guess there's usually there's two sorts i mean i guess can thomas the same way uh there's people who haven't tried it and there's people who are deeply deeply in love with it and realize it's the best thing ever <laughs> yes uh, whereas for jojo's i really enjoy it but i'm still uh i guess at kind of a moderate level of fandom um i knew it first and foremost uh as the dreamcast fighter uh the jojo's bar it was just you know jojo's bizarre adventure on dreamcast uh the stardust crusade fighter which it just i love fighting games uh it had you know it was done by well, i guess capcom did it had gorgeous sprites oh yeah it, it's a fun game it, yeah, it's a really fun fighter it had all these kind of cool mechanics so i knew it there you know i knew about dio dropping steamrollers on people and all that kind of stuff um but uh so then it I didn't really know much else about it. And then I saw a uh, a digital video disc on the shelves one time uh for part part of the the uh OVA. So I bought that DVD and watched a few episodes and I was like the animation's really cool. I have no idea what's going on, who are these people, uh <laughs> which is a very I mean for myself as a somewhat older weeb, uh that's a very common experience to just sort of only find part of something and be thrown in the middle of it. Uh, and really not have any clue what's going on. So I enjoyed it, but I could never find any other parts of the OVA. And uh, so once again, I just sort of didn't know anything about it. And then uh, because I'm a big fan of Fist of the North Star, uh, and obviously the early parts of JoJo's in particular are, I mean, you know, Fist of the North Star inspired a whole cohort of creators, um, Araki being one of them. And a lot of people talk about the when I would talk about Fist of the North Star, I would talk about, hey, you need to watch, you need to check out JoJo's. There's a lot of similarities there, but it goes in different places. Um, and for a long time, I just sort of resisted uh, just because it was one more thing to get into. And I was – you see that – like sometimes you see a level of fandom and you go, can I afford to – like I can see people getting into it to the, you know, the nth degree. Can I afford to get into it <laughs> at that level too? Like it looks like it takes over your life. Can, can, can you give up your humanity? <laughs> Exactly. Um, so I was I was just kind of nervous about getting into it. But eventually uh, I watched started watching the anime and really enjoyed it. Um, and I've now begun reading the manga and enjoying it as well. But I will admit 
I really enjoy part one. I really, really enjoy part two. But um, oddly enough, the Stardust Crusaders anime kind of burned me out a little bit by the end. Uh, and so I have yet to watch uh, or read anything past that. Um, like part four and part five are, you know, universally lauded and everyone's talking about them on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. But I just haven't gotten around to them because I don't know, Stardust Crusaders, by the end of the anime, I was kind of like, I think I'm, I think I'm good. But, you know, it's <laughs> I intend to go back to it. And there is a, a silent majority, if you will, of people who are like, yeah, maybe part three, even though it's the most like visible part of JoJo's. A lot of people say it's not actually the strongest material. Yeah, I, I, I see that around, too. Yeah. So maybe I'm in for better and I just haven't gotten there yet. But I am. So I am a, uh, I guess, maybe a, a rare breed and that I'm just kind of a fan. You know, I, I enjoy JoJo's and I certainly enjoy anything involving weirdos punching each other. So, like, I'm there for that. Um. <laughs> well, uh, I guess. So is this your I guess is this your first time like going through the manga then, I guess? Yes, I've not I've not experienced it in any other form. This is this is my first uh first rodeo with the manga. Mhm. And I'm I'm sure like once we get into it here like we'll, we'll probably mention the anime like once or twice here because I I I feel I feel like it's kind of hard not to. Sure. Yeah. Because for for myself like I think Phantom Blood is probably the one part of JoJo I have revisited so many times whether it be like I just feel like rewatching it or I've tried to get other friends into it. Plus, I mean, it also helps that like it's at least in the anime, it's like nine episodes. Um, and I think through the uh, Jojoniums, uh, the new Viz release, it's like th <laughs> it's like three volumes or whatever. So um, I think originally it was like five. But so uh, point being, it's it's a short part. Like it's 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 not like it's not like watching the entirety of like Stardust Crusaders or whatever. Like this this is this is a lot easier to revisit, which I think is probably a big reason why I've revisited it so much, but, like, in revisiting it so many times through the anime, like, I feel like I have a, I feel like I have a strange attachment to this part, uh, to the point where at one point, uh, and I think I said this on our Manga Mavericks episode about JoJo, that I think part one is my favorite part? I don't know, <laughs> that that might be controversial to some people, but, um, even I'm not entirely sure. It's a rare sure. take, a rare take, I think. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And to be honest, I'm not even sure I'm not even sure if I entirely still feel that way cuz I mean like you know part part 4 is pretty good like that that if that is not my favorite part that's at least my probably my second favorite part for sure. Mm. Um like I think that part in particular is so strong and uh I hope if this project gets off the ground like that's definitely something I want to cover especially now that like Viz is releasing it uh which is great but um uh, but but I, I guess now we can just kind of get into it. So uh, I guess uh, for for everybody going in and listening, uh, so I I don't think we're we're, we're not going to necessarily like cover everything like beat by beat. It'll be more of a general discussion. Uh, as that's uh, basically what I want to go for with this show here. But uh, I guess just to give like a a very base like synopsis of like at least I guess the first volume like. Uh, the first volume of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Phantom Blood, is it basically centers on uh, Jonathan Joestar and his sort of rivalry with Dio Brando, who is uh, is basically his his stepbrother, uh, who his father George Joestar basically takes in after uh, after their father dies. 
And uh, Dio, his whole thing is basically he wants to he basically wants to wipe Jonathan out of the picture so that one day he can uh, he can obtain the the Joestar fortune because Jonathan and his family are very very rich. Um, and uh, that that's basically like that that's basically the long and short of it of like of the entire part. I mean, like obviously a lot of stuff happens even within this first volume because. Um, uh, I want to say about half of the volume, which is really, which is also like and just an entire episode of the anime. I think because I think the anime covers like five chapters or something. Right, it's pretty condensed. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I didn't think anything of it when I first got into the anime because obviously I had no reference. But like thinking back on it now, like that is so much material to cover. And like um, mm-hmm. I haven't revisited the episode. I'll have to admit, but like thinking back on it in retrospect, like. I think it's clear that that first anime episode, um, I mean, like, I don't think the pace of it is bad or anything, but, like, I think once you know, like, how much they're trying to cover, like, it's it's pretty apparent that they're trying to get through a lot of the story. Right. Because, I mean, like, as far as the adaptation goes, like, they don't cut, like, a lot out at all. Um, they have to cut, like, one or two things out that they're not really, like, important, but, like, they, they do add a bit of, I don't know what the word is, a nuance a little bit to the part like um i guess one thing uh i noticed uh while reading through the first volume uh, in general is um uh and i think even uh araki kind of talks about this in, in at the end of the volume because that that's basically a feature with these jojonium releases is he basically laments on how uh basically how boring jonathan is as a character which mm-hmm. i'm I feel like I mostly agree with that, but like it's weird and 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 we and and we we might reference other parts here as well because uh some something I made note of uh on Twitter is that you know c- compared to the anime like Jonathan in the manga kind of he still feels like a kid like you know th- there are scenes with him like you know, hanging around, smoking cigars, uh, you know, playing with frogs, the typical, like, rambunctious boy stuff, you know, like, it's stuff, stuff that I think entertains, you know, kids in general, not, not just kids in, like, late 1800s London, you know, like, um, so I don't know, I, I thought that was interesting in particular, like, uh, uh, cause I also made note of how, um, very light spoilers, but like our our next JoJo character in part two, Jonathan Jo, or I'm sorry, uh, Joseph Joestar, you know, uh, the the whole thing with him is that like he is such a complete 180 from Jonathan as a character. Like Jonathan is a very chivalrous, uh, goody two shoes kind of character, at least in the anime. Whereas uh, Joseph is very brash and rude, and uh, <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> it's just so, sometimes he's a pretty awful person, but he still is charming in his own way. Um, I feel like reading through the manga, like I like I imagine like reading this back in like 1987 or whatever. Like I. I can imagine how jarring it would be to go from one main character to another, but I feel I feel like as far as the manga goes, like the these little these little touches with Jonathan's character, I feel like I I can only imagine compared to the anime anyway, kind of make the transition to Joseph a lot less jarring. Sure, sure, and I think um I think the uh, as someone who enjoys media that often resets every season, like Tokusatsu, I think the 
the you know Rocky tapping into separating things into parts like this, you know, having a new descendant sort of take up the mantle every time is a really great way to continue to be able to you know i mean comic books do reboots and stuff all the time but you build that in sort of into this the fiction itself and into the narrative and i think that's a really strong advantage that jojo has with the added bonus of legacy characters like having joseph continue you know what one season's main character is the next season's mentor and that kind of stuff and having these sort of you know multi-generational vengeance arcs like that's the stuff that's just i think lacking in a lot of media um you know a lot of a lot of media focus, hyper focuses on certain characters and they have all these, you know, books or events or movies or whatever that maybe only take place within like, I don't know, two months or just a few years of their lives. Like being able to sort of branch out and really do, you, you know, because you know you're going to reset next part, you can sort of do more dramatic things sometimes and you can get a little ridiculous with it because you know that you can reset it whenever you want to and but not lose the thread because of the legacy element, which I think is just really, really uh, key for JoJo's. And I like a lot of media that has some sort of legacy thing. I mean, you know, taking up a sword to avenge one's father or something like that. Like that's classic media trope, like, you know, build it into the setting fiction. That's really smart. Um, but in terms of Jonathan not being a strong lead, and that's a, that's a criticism I've, I've heard as well. Uh, but when I was reading, I may, and I maybe felt it watching the anime, but I think reading the manga, um, I appreciate Jonathan as a character, even though he is sort of ostensibly just sort of just a good guy. I think the thing that makes it hard for him to stand out is that Dio is such a huge presence. Oh man, like he steals the show. He does, and I, uh, I his energy, and he's just leaping off the page. Like he's just, he's not even just chewing the scenery. He's just a whirlwind. He's tearing the scenery <laughs> to pieces. Every single frame that he's in is just so intense and so it's hard not to just gravitate to him positively or negatively like he just has this like this like gravitational pull that just like pulls your attention in so it makes it hard for jonathan to shine because he is just sort of like i play football and i have this girl i have a crush on and i have a dog like he doesn't he's not a bad character he's just a decent guy but dio is there on on screen too and like dio is such a i think somebody mentioned to me one time that he's uh he's a shoujo villain Right, he's he's just a he's he's a a petty shoujo villain in a shonen manga, and that's what makes him so appealing. Uh, he's just got this this energy, and everything just makes him so angry, and he's just burning with rage all the time. You know, he's just and he gets back in the just the the pettiest, most convoluted ways because he overthinks things, and Jonathan's just like, "I'm going to school today." You know. <laughs> So speaking of petty, I I think one of my favorite things from the manga that I don't think is in the anime is is the part where uh, Jonathan is trying to look for his pocket watch and Dio just kind of comes in and is like, oh, are you looking for this? Uh, Well, you know, well, oh, wait, uh, I, you know, I, I have a meeting with a friend or whatever. And he just like just closes it and just walks off like. I, I, I just, I don't know, some, <laughs> like, out of everything this guy does to Jonathan, this guy burns his dog alive. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he goes to extreme lengths to just destroy Jonathan's life, and, like, out of everything he does, like, th- th- this is just kind of, like, hilariously petty, like, it just means nothing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's, it's so great. But, um, but yeah, no, I totally agree that, like, you know, I, I don't I personally I don't think Jonathan is a bad character. Like I yeah, I, don't I agree yeah. he is a he's a very simple character, but I also don't think that's like a bad thing. 
personally. Sure. Um, but I also agree, like, next to Dio, like, man, like, it's really hard to not be interested in Dio. Like, the the dude just makes an entrance out of everything, especially especially when he, like, arrives at the mansion and he just hops out of his stagecoach and, like, <laughs> it's, he's literally, like, posing for the camera almost. Like, I... I really love the way that the um that the 2012 anime handles that scene where like he kind of like lifts up his head and like you just have the the dark choir music in the background play like oh like <laughs> <laughs> so amazing oh man so it, it's it's really hard to to not be interested in Dio because right I think out of all the characters in part one he is definitely the most interesting character like uh um I guess just to kind of talk about him a bit like um. The the thing that um I'm trying to think because I I feel like I have like whenever I see people talk about part one or I talk about part one with other people, like I feel like I have heard the criticism that like, you know, I forget where I heard it, but I feel like I've heard somewhere before that like I have run into people who don't like Dio because they just think like he's evil for no reason. Uh, and obviously, like, I don't think I agree with that because it, like, the, the thing I like about Dio is that, like, you know, yeah, sure, like, he, he goes to extreme lengths to, to ruin Jonathan's life, but, like, and I don't know if it's because, like, uh, cause I feel like this is something, uh, the anime really handles really well, actually. Like, in the beginning montage where they're basically, like, going back and forth between Dio and Jonathan and kind of showing, like, how they both have, like, grown up. I really like the scene where Dio is in a restaurant and he is he's playing chess with somebody I think uh in order to basically uh, win some money off off the guy but like and then he he almost gets into like a fight with this guy because the guy lost to him or whatever right and um I was kind of disappointed that wasn't uh something in the manga cuz like I felt like I felt like that did a good job of visually showing, like, okay, D- Dio is a survivor. Like, he has grown up in poverty. Which, again, it's a simple motivation, but I think it works for him. Because, um, obviously, th- that's the reason why he wants to take down Jonathan, is so that, like, at least in the beginning, like, you know, he does all this stuff, like, you know, like, uh, Dio tests better than Jonathan. He has better table manners than Jonathan. Trying to mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm. trying to really make jonathan look bad i guess in front of his father and hopefully make his father think wow i wish i had dio as a son instead of jonathan like (laughs) uh try to make him look like the better son i guess yeah i think that's the it's one thing to say that dio is just evil just to be evil i mean to some degree all villains are evil for evil sake you know their perspectives are different or whatever but like he's not you're right he's driven by a different it's a very personal ambition um in terms of you know that very personal close i guess if you if you excise the part where he's upset about fathers and inheritances and places in life he does seem like he's just being cruel to be cruel but really he sees jonathan's entire life this sort of everything even down to his dog the luxury of having an animal right the luxury of having a pet all of that is just sort of emblematic of what jonathan has that he does not deserve and what Dio ought to have and what his father ought, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, he's dismantling that. Now, you know, obviously he's performing animal cruelty and and he's doing really terrible things. And uh, yeah. he, he's not a good guy, but he does have 
motivation and that's you know he just doesn't he does not like the things that jonathan has and wants to take them from him via any means necessary um and in a way i think that's what makes him a relatable villain i mean he doesn't have a cape and a a mountain fortress and grand ambitions to destroy the world he wants to he wants to destroy a person who he doesn't like and to some degree the best villains are ones we can at least see parts of ourselves in and we've always had that there's at some point in your life you've probably had a person who just infuriates you and you wish them ill and dio is sort of a personification of that just like oh that person i just want to ruin them and like he acts on it which is what makes him a villain in a lot of ways and the things that he does but that's a it's a relatable kind of urge like this person you just can't stand and you just want to see every just stop like you know that that frustration yeah so. yeah um and honestly, now that I think about it, like, and we'll have to see how I feel once we get to the next two volumes or so, but um, kind of thinking about Dio in this portion of the series as compared to, uh, say, in um, Light Spoilers and Stardust Crusaders and uh, <laughs> and even in the rest of Phantom Blood, like, I'm almost wondering if this is kind of Dio's most interesting part of of the entirety of the JoJo story, mm. because I feel like um, I, and we'll probably get into this more with the rest of Phantom Blood once we cover it. But like, um, th- thinking back on the rest of the story of Phantom Blood, um, I, I almost wonder if like, because you know, we you mentioned how like you know he he's not he's not just a villain who wants to take over the world, but like, funny enough, I feel like that's kind of what he becomes later on. Right. And especially in, like, you know, Stardust Crusaders, where, like, unfortunately, we don't get to see enough of him. And, like, that's... I mean, he's still a fun character, and he's always fun on screen, but, like... Sure. But, like, I feel like, just kind of thinking back retrospectively on everything past this point, like, it is kind of a shame, I think, that his motivations become less personable, almost. Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I mean, again, like Dio is still a fun character. And like, I think he's still one of the most memorable characters in all of like anime and manga. Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. And I think there's um, part of him. He can get a little more grandiose and still just the name Dio evokes these personal grudges and things like that. You know, you can sort of pull, he can uh, Araki can kind of pull on that uh, going forward because he laid that groundwork. Exactly. Exactly. So. And even then, once once you get going, and again, just being a multi-generational story, like, I just, I hate you because I hated your dad or, you know, it, whatever, like, just that. Sometimes, I mean, that's part of how grudges and stuff work sometimes and how feuds work sometimes. You get to a place where you forget the personal as you sort of stretch out to infinity. It just becomes, well, this is just the way it is because that's the way it is. We've just always been fighting. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess some. I guess while we're talking about Dio, uh, some something that really stood out to me is, um, and and it's interesting because like uh, once we get introduced to Speedwagon uh, later on in this uh, volume, yes. uh, very memorable character. Even though really all he does is just he's just there for exposition and that's it. But but you know he's he's still fun. You know he's not a bad character. He's the most fun one can have with exposition. I think pretty much yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean. Um, you know, once Speedwagon kind of enters the picture and, uh, you know, kind of helps Jonathan with basically catching Dio in the act or whatever, um, I find it really interesting how, like, I don't know, because uh, uh, Speedwagon makes a comment about how 
you know, Dio is not evil because of his environment, but because he was born that way. And, and and it's really interesting because, like, it really brings up this idea of, like, you know, of, like, good and evil and, like, what makes us one or the other. And, like, mm. I don't know. And not not that I necessarily want to say, like, oh, well, you know, you should feel sorry for Dio because he had a bad life at home. But I mean, like... It, I, I think, I think it's interesting because I feel like, I feel like if if Dio were evil for evil's sake, like I feel like Araki wouldn't have bothered putting in that moment where, you know, Dio was buying medicine for his dad who was sick, uh, trying, mm-hmm. you know, you know, at that point trying to put up an act because he's basically killing him, uh, as we find out. But, uh, you know, his father just being this, you know, this run down old drunk who's never gonna make anything of his life he's past his prime you know constantly like if he could sell dio for alcohol he would right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the, the the specifically the part where like he's like hey go sell this thing and deals like but this is mother's dress or whatever and it's like i always found that part really interesting because it's like i feel like it implicitly humanizes Dio a little bit because like or or maybe I'm just a sucker for people who love their mothers I don't know but like <laughs> c- clear, clearly cl- clearly Dio like Dio has an issue with selling anything belonging to his now dead mother and I just that's just a wrinkle in his character that I find really interesting and like I wish would have been explored more at least a little bit more but like I don't know. It's it's just an interesting. It is sort of forgotten. You're right. That that is one of the things that's easy to forget. I mean, we we have to remember that when when asked, "Do you love her mother, your mother, and her two hit multi attacks?" Do you say, <laughs> "Yes, I do." <laughs> cursed reference. Cursed. Cursed reference. That doesn't date this podcast at all. Um, <laughs> Certainly not. No. You know what? Somebody in a couple of months or years will be like, "What is he even talking about?" And look it up, and their lives will be forever changed. <laughs> that on my conscience oh man it's all your fault grant um it really is and again though i think that's what makes dio so relatable he has issues i mean both in sort of like the capital i sense but also just in like complicated emotional sense with his parents like what more relatable quality is there than like it's weird with my parents (laughs) you know what i mean i mean yeah i mean it's just and, like, how better to not be able to either to process or not process those things than by projecting all those weird issues on your sort of adopted brother. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point, too. I mean, like, Dio hates his dad so much that, like, when when Jonathan basically catches him in the act of uh, of him poisoning his father, you know, he's like, hey, well, you know prove to me that you're not lying by swearing on your father's name and Dio just just cannot do it mm-hmm. which which I which I think is a it's definitely an interesting moment like man I mean I don't blame him like his father sucked like what else what else do you want like th- this this dude it, like D- Dio's dad was the kind of guy who like he's willing to like to to, to rob this guy who's been in a carriage accident which I find it really interesting just how much on the opposite ends of the spectrum both Dario and George are, because, like, Dario is basically, like, one of the worst human beings in the world, and while George is, like, and especially as we'll see, like, in the next volume, like, he's basically, like, uh, the, the the best, most kindest gentleman in the entire world. <laughs> um, 
he's he's too he's too he's too good for this world. Like I could see where Jonathan gets it. Um, it's just kind of interesting to kind of compare the two there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that'll be explored more in the next volume. Um, but I guess um, something else I really want to talk about is uh, I don't know how much time we'll spend on it, but and I I know neither of us are like artiste, but. Uh, but I mean, I mean, not not to sell Grant short. Like I think, um, again, to bring it back to One Piece, like you know, so something that people love about your One Piece thread is you know you like to break down certain uh, panels of Oda's in particular and, and like how they work. And personally, I that I think that's the most interesting part about your thread in particular. And it's such a weird happy accident. And again, I I think it's one of those things where like I again not to make it about One Piece, but like <laughs> uh, to sort of justify what we're doing here. Not so much uh, that I. And I, I didn't, I accidentally started doing it because when I, I just felt compelled to talk about one panel and then people really responded to it. And I was like, oh, maybe people like this. I should try it. And uh, it turns out that's like the thing people are mostly coming to it for now. And I, I think that speaks to the fact that like, heck, why I even started podcasting and stuff is like, I like to talk about things a certain way. Exactly. I yeah. like to hear people talk about things. Like, I want to hear people break things down and like, you know, not to no no shots across the bow at anybody, but I enjoy a lot of shows. I enjoy a lot of great people who uh, have a certain skill set, which I do not have, which is like incredibly uh, rich knowledge of like production history and insider interviews. And they go to cons and like they get to talk with creators and like, I love that. But then when it comes time to review, it's a couple of jokes. It's two or three things about what you like and wham, bam, thank you, man, we're done. And I'm like, I want to like, I like to get in there and just like, even if I don't know what I'm talking about, I, tr- I like to try to talk about it. And I think that's, uh, and I think there, that, the, that thread of mine is less about the, cause I'm, I'm not an, as you said, I'm not an artiste. Uh, I don't have uh, any training or background in any of these things. Uh, but I think there's a hunger for talking about media that way. And I think yeah, yeah. people are responding to it because sadly, not a lot of people talk about media that way, not consistently, not, not, and especially not about, you know, popular art. But I think JoJo's is a great example. Like fun. I mean, what is JoJo's? If you, if you lay out a summary, it's weirdos punching each other with special powers and you can get that anywhere. Well, what makes this one more compelling than the 50 other shonen series on the shelf right in front of me about weirdos punching each other? Like, a lot of times it's the visuals, right? It's the framing. And obviously JoJo's has other qualities too in terms of representation and fashion and all this kind of other stuff. But like some, a lot of – it's a visual medium. Like let's talk about how it looks and what it's showing us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean in the case of Phantom Blood, it's basically just weirdos punching each other. But that's a whole other <laughs> thing. Uh, it's just regular people punching each other for now. Um But no, yeah. I, um, And I promise we'll get back to JoJo in a bit. But like just, just kind of talking about like – you know your threads and stuff like you know i'm i, I kind of come from the same cloth like you know uh, a podcast that i'm doing at the moment the the poltergeist report where me and my friend doctor from the ass backwards anime podcast mm-hmm. uh basically go over the entirety of you haka show episode by episode and you know like uh, i have fun with that show like i i don't want anybody to think i don't like i, I really love recording that show um but like i totally get that where it's like it's really hard for me to get used to the format of, hey, let's just go in, just have a quick discussion about the show and go. When it's like, there are some times where like, I really want to get deep into it. But then but then I have to be like, oh, well, we want the show to be shorter. And we just like so some, <laughs> sometimes it is hard for me to to keep the discussion general because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I also I also do 
I used to do, like I do a lot of shows where like we kind of go over things beat by beat and um again this is this is this is this is one of those shows where I I don't want to do that but you know I still want to dig deep into this uh into the stuff we talk about like I I enjoy discussions like that um so it's really hard for me to go from say something like uh, one podcast prevails where we're basically covering detective conan in particular like chapter by chapter and really like sussing out the details because that's kind of what you need to do with that series where mm-hmm. whereas like when i talk about yu yu show on the poltergeist report it's like uh this thing happened and uh, let's make a funny joke uh whatever like it, it's very it's very like uh flick at the wrist very quick and it's 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 supposed to be a more general fun discussion and i enjoy those too mm-hmm. But like I said, it, it is hard for me to – it's hard for me to to suss out like, oh, well, how deep do I want to go into this thing and and that kind of stuff. So like, you know, I, I totally I totally get where you're coming from when it comes to like podcasting in particular. Um, and, you know, that's something I try to do with like my manga threads and stuff on Twitter too where it's like I'm I'm so jealous of people who like can just articulate, articulately, uh, you know, post their thoughts and really talk about like – Oh, what they like about a panel or something where it's like, I try to do the same thing because it's like, you know, when I do manga threads, like I want them to have some kind of substance. I don't always want them to be like, oh, this panel's pretty funny out of context or like a dumb joke or something like, you know, and, which you is know, fine too. Yeah. It's fine too. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I don't <laughs> want to make it sound like, oh, you shouldn't do that. But it's like, you know, I, I like to do that kind of stuff too, but it's like, I also Basically, if I'm going to tweet about something in a thread, like, I, w- I want to make sure, like, I feel like I have something to say mm-hmm. every, every once mm-hmm. in a while. And it's not just I want to make a stupid joke that maybe one person's going to like, you know? Um, right. This was an interesting tangent. Uh, yes, but <laughs> the art. <laughs> yes, yes, the art. <laughs> Which is I, – I knew I, – I was going to bring it up earlier, but I was like, you know what? There's no way we're talking about Phantom Blood and not talking about the art because it's the number one thing people – as soon as you bring up early JoJo's, that's one of the first things out of people's mouth is, well, the art back then. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the art. Like, there are definitely certain points that I want to bring up. Um I don't know, like, I don't think the art is bad overall, like, I still think, like, because at this point, Araki has had some experience, like, he's had, I, I mean, albeit they were short, but he, as far as I know, he had at least two series under his belt and maybe a few one-shots at this point, like, he's he's done stuff before JoJo, which is also even referenced in the manga itself, like, uh, I tweeted about this too, where, like, Dio in the beginning is reading a book called Gorgeous Irene, which is literally the same name of one of Araki's first works called Gorgeous Irene. Right. Which is a great little Easter egg. But um, I think the draftsmanship of Araki's art, I think, is good. Like, th- there are sequences of the manga that I do enjoy and that I think are effective. Um, but when it comes to stuff like anatomy and perspective, like, he is, he still has a bit of a ways to go. <laughs> he's learning yeah yes yes exactly I, I, there's even as someone who uh reading the manga like i mean obviously i, I watched the anime first which uh also can at times have animation issues but generally i guess you could say is a little more consistent than rocky's early work yeah um, so i would i was had a bit of trepidation walking into it so it's a lot better than what i anticipated based on people's commentary i'll put it that way mm-hmm. to say that a rocky has grown from part one like Yes, obviously, every artist has, but like Araki particularly has grown a lot since those early days. However, 
and I think you're right. It's it's body proportions mainly. Sometimes characters when like you can tell, like I can see it, like I can see in my mind's eye what he's trying to make this look like, how they're supposed to be, but their proportions are just not quite there. Oh and man, their their body positioning is just a little too. It's it's not. It's like okay, like it's it's clearly a situation where it's not an exaggeration for artistic effect. It's just he can't quite make it happen for whatever reason um and that obviously improves over time so like no doubt about it but i think his his knowledge of the craft you know take the sort of body proportions particularly i mean it usually shows up in action scenes because that's that's hard to do um and he's clearly riffing on you know i mean clearly tetsuhara's work in fist of the north star hakutonokin is a huge influence here um yeah you know, all the stuff with Haman energy and all that. I mean, all that is like, it's clearly bound up in it. And he's doing, I mean, the figures just look, you know, Jonathan Dio, just, they're just beefier, right? They're just bigger than one would expect a person to be. It's, and it's clearly- also, it's also worth noting that like manga at this time, like, you know, a, a lot of people do compare the early art of Jojo to Fist of the North Star. And I, and I, it's totally there. But I think that's just also what shonen manga was at the time. Like he, sure. Because uh, Araki even mentions, like at the end of this volume, that like back then in the late 80s, like, you know, a lot of manga artists took inspiration from Hollywood action movie stars at the time, like Sylvester Stallone also and Arnold huge. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and, you know, like, it, it, we even mentioned Fist of the North Star. Like, Fist of the North Star uh, was ba- basically inspired by both, like, Bruce Lee and, like, the Mad Max movies. Sure, sure. And I guess what I was trying to say is that, like, clearly that influence is there. But it really doesn't – like, I don't think it does Iraqi any – I don't think it's fair to Iraqi to put his er- – like, I mean, this is relatively early in his career. I don't think it's fair to put his work up against, say – Tetsuohara, because like Tetsuohara's work in Fist of the North Star is like Antaramira's in in Berserk. It's just like it, it, it's like an unbelievably good. It's yeah. it's incredibly good. Like nothing will look good if you compare it to this. So <laughs> I don't think it's fair to do that to him, especially when I think his knowledge of the craft otherwise is on display. Um, the way he uses some of his layouts. And the way the pages are formed, and I think particularly, and this is a weird thing to say, but like his use of the sort of the surreal or the unnatural uh around characters is 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 very good like particularly like one an image that always comes to me is um of course because it's such a dramatic scene anyway but dio stealing that kiss i mean it's it's definitely like a shocking moment right and he's i mean it's it's assault i mean you know it's not let's not kid ourselves um and it's it's just sort of shocking and dramatic, and he does it for all the wrong reasons, and he's a terrible person. Like, you know, context aside for a second, that moment where, like, they're kissing and their hair is just, like, flowing around them in this, like, radiating halo of hair that's just stretching out in all directions. It's such a, like... It's literally hair-raising. Oh, yes. Like, hair doesn't do that. Like, that's not, that's not what happens when you kiss at least. Well... <laughs> I can only speak to my own experience. When I've kissed, <laughs> it's never happened. I, I don't. I don't know, Grant. It sounds like you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, but to to say that I don't kiss as uh, uh, energetically as Dio. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, have that mark against them. So I, I won't lose too much sleep over it. But like the fact that when they kiss, like their hair just like explodes and just is just like like it. I don't know. Like that's a that's an artistic choice he's making that makes that scene just it would be shocking enough without it but it's just like 
this, you get the sense of Dio's just like the intensity of him, right? That everything he does is just like mind, just sort of like unnatural and bizarre, you know, I say bizarre, uh, (laughs) completely exaggerated and and wild. Even, even just a kiss is this just like, it's truly just outlandish moment. Oh yeah. Um, And that's the kind of stuff that I think Araki gets, um, or like in certain reaction shots, like the texturing and stuff that he uses in the backgrounds and things like that, that it's just, it's kind of all over the place. And I think makes good on the bizarreness of what otherwise would be pretty standard fare, you know, weirdos punching each other. Uh, It wasn't new then, it's not new now, but it feels different. Araki's got a sense for these action sequences and he's got a sense for displaying it and and illustrating that on the page he just doesn't quite have some of the body proportions down yet but he grows into that clearly like he he improves and you can see it oh yeah for sure um a little touch i i always really liked that i think they they try to uh recreate in the anime at least a little bit uh, particularly around the point where uh it, it i think it's around that same scene with with the uh with him kissing arena and uh it's around the point where uh what is it where uh where we're basically she uh, it's it's where arena is basically trying to wash her mouth out with dirty water which by the way that's a power move um yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's particularly around the point where it's basically like dia was reacting to that and that bi- obviously makes him angry um uh, and uh i i think uh araki does this with jonathan too like he he does this at least like once or twice that i can remember where like I don't know if it's like light or something like that that kind of like reflects off a of Dio and is like moving like vertically across the page. Like it's a really interesting effect that I I do remember them creating that in the anime a little bit too. I just I don't just just little flourishes like that just feel so Araki to me. Like I've 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 never seen that in like other manga before. Yeah, and I think you, you don't see it as I mean <laughs> I think part of what maybe throws people too is that later JoJo's, as JoJo's uh, approaches infinity, uh, <laughs> the fashion and the posing becomes just that much more. Uh, maybe avant garde is the right way to put it. It's, it's pushing and and going past expectations constantly. Like Araki's just like, he, you know, he's pulling in all these fashion influences, and the characters are just like their designs are just. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's just nothing else like them. I mean, Gucci hired this guy for a reason. Right, right. Um, so these earlier entries by just, you know, they're just guys in suits in the 19th century. Like, there's something, but, but they, they still have, like, there's moments like when Dio's holding the mask and the the blade near the end and uh, the, the posing on his hands and stuff. It's maybe not the most well-drawn, but, like, you can see that flair that he has or or when Dio finally puts on the mask and it's, he's got that sort of, like... Something about the way he's like pointing his hand, like the the posing and the 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 drama of it is there. It's just a little more subdued because of the the, the context that it's in that time frame. I think. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally get you. Um, and even like again, going back to the kiss scene, like even like the title page for that chapter in particular, like it it might look a little funky. I think just because again, Araki's anatomy isn't really up to snuff at this point comparatively Mm -hmm. but like it's still a pretty eye-catching pose all things considered like it it's it's a very memorable title page i think um Mm -hmm. and uh i'm trying to think like um i i think i think the moments that stood out to me as far as like his anatomy goes like 
I tweeted a picture of uh what was it? Uh of Jonathan getting ready to punch Dio and man his body is twisted in ways I don't <laughs> think a human body can twist. It's oh man, like I didn't remember that from my first time reading the manga, so that like that caught me so off guard. It was really jarring. God, it's it's like it's it's like he's made out of putty or something. Like it's just Oh man, like that! I I I had to take a moment to kind of like chuckle because it just like it just kind of <laughs> took me out of the moment, which is which is a shame because I really like that moment where like Jonathan finally stands up to Dio, you know, after being put through the ringer so much, and like you know that's one of my favorite moments in like the first episode of the anime too. But like, but man, yeah, that that one page just like it did take me out of the momentum a little bit, unfortunately, and and even stuff like. uh I also tweeted about this one, too, where um, they're in the middle of that football game or whatever. And, like, you could tell there's a moment where Jonathan is trying to pass the football to Dio. And, like, in the anime, it's it's clear as day that, like, he's up in the air trying to catch it and try to look as fanciful as he can. But, like, in the manga, like, it's so – the perspective is off, I think. I think that's the word you want to use where it's, like mm-hmm. – like, if it weren't for the anime – I never would have known that Dio was off the ground. Like Dio still looks like he's like on the ground because like you you can't you can't really tell he's like in the air. Like like it it looks more like it looks more like Dio turned into a giant and Jonathan is passing the ball to him. (laughs) Like it's just I don't know, just just stuff like that. It really just really just took me out of it. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that it. Rocky is not necessarily at his best here. Like he he grows. He does grow from oh, here. Oh, for sure, I, for sure. And I think I think that's one of the my favorite parts of going through JoJo is just seeing a Rocky's evolution as an artist. Um though I, I will admit that um for the Jojoniums in particular, um when they were released in Japan, like, you know, Araki went back and redrew all of his older characters in his like current style. Uh-huh. And like, not that I think, not that I think these renditions of the characters are like bad, but it is, it is really jarring to go from current modern era Jonathan on the front cover to, to his original design as it was first drawn like back in the late eighties. Like, it is, it is a little weird to go from that to that, but like, you know, that that's just that's just this evolution as an artist. You can't really do much about that. Right, right. Um, I will say that uh, something that surprised me reading the manga that I did not expect was Araki, like the backgrounds and the settings. Uh, I feel like that's probably one of the strongest suits is the oh, yeah. uh, this, this this very macabre, very sort of gothic London, uh, or that that he manifests like all the the the, the you know the Joestar Manor and all that kind of stuff. Like it all. Um, it's all very uh, evocative and oh, it yeah. really gives a sense of place that um, I wasn't expecting. I mean, cause you know, you use a lot of tricks sometimes and I don't have to draw backgrounds, but like the, the, the way he establishes the mood and the scenes carries through for these fights. And I really appreciated that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. I, uh, I, I really like the settings in the manga for sure. Um, I think, um, well, I guess it doesn't really particularly stand out, but um, I still, I, I, I thought Ogre Street was, uh, was pretty neat. Um, Ogre Street in general, I've never really, like, it's, Ogre Street is weird because, like, Araki tries to build up this part of London as, like, a really seedy, nasty part of, uh, of the country, 
Mm. And it's like the the worst things about this part of London is there's a wall with a face on it and the cats eat puppies. (laughs) 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 And like, I don't know, just for some reason, those those details. I mean, I'm sure I guess kittens eating puppies. I'm not a particular fan of that, but like (laughs) it doesn't. It doesn't really strike fear in my heart. I don't know. Just, just something. Just something about these two details in particular really just kind of. They just come off to me as kind of silly. Somewhat bizarre, one might say. Yeah, we're, we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna be using that joke more than once every episode. Um, I just I want to wear it out in episode one so that it's just unbearable for the rest of this podcast, and then nobody will listen. Um, I did it. Oh boy. Um. But yeah. Uchiha bloodline ends here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Graham. Um, um, but yeah, so yeah. I, I think I think if you're if you're coming in, I think the important thing is to just have realistic expectations for part one's art. If you're coming in looking for some of the stuff you're seeing, because if you look at JoJo's Twitter, which is all you know, great people, but a constant sort of like swarm of activity and excitement, and look at all this yeah. great stuff. Like if you come, if you see that, you're like, oh. I like that. I want to see that. I'll start at the beginning. Part one probably won't have a lot of that for you. But if you come in, like if you come in with the expectation, like the art is garbage, Iraqi stuff is terrible. Like I think that's also the the wrong perspective to come in. Just come in and be realistic about the fact that it's like this is some early work from him, and he he's gonna he's gonna get better. But he's not, he's like yeah. he deserved to be running to to be. You know, he deserved to be making this comic at the time. Like, it is not a, it's not bad. I've seen much, much worse. No, like, I mean, I kind of deal with that a bit on my end, too, where it's like the few friends I have gotten to watch JoJo's, like, they'll get to a point where, um, or at least like a, a, a lot of the people I have tried to get into JoJo's, like, who are also big anime and manga fans, like, they'll constantly tell me, like, oh, I'm not really, I'm not really into, like, 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 basically, they're, they're not into the Fist of the North Star-ish looking stuff. Right. You know, like, they're, they're not into that style of anime and manga, which I can kind of understand that. And, you know, it's not for you, it's not for you. But, there, like... There are people out there that have bad taste, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, you know, and, and I kind of get that to an extent. But, like, you know, the the I usually try and fight for JoJo's because it's, like, I have friends who, like, who have only experienced, like, maybe up to parts two or three and haven't really moved past that and have like and have no idea like what jojo's looks like currently which i'm afraid if i showed them that their faces would melt and they probably (laughs) wouldn't be able to comprehend it like oh this is the same guy (laughs) like i i think yeah i think their brains would just fry like <laughs> uh, don't look directly into the jojos of <laughs> wear protective eyewear <laughs> so it's like that scene from uh, indiana jones yeah right <laughs> uh but um i think i think we're getting kind of to the end of like what i wanted to talk about unless like mm-hmm. was there was there anything like you wanted to bring up grant before we kind of maybe start to wrap up here soon or um, no, I think we've pretty much touched on it. I, I mean, I definitely recommend JoJo's. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's it's good. Uh, and All right. I think... Well, then let me. I guess so, not to interrupt, but like, I guess okay. let Ooh. me let me pose this <laughs> one last thing because uh, we we didn't really talk like a lot about the story too much. Mm-hmm. Um, which um, I, I guess like uh, so something that I see people talk about with JoJo's is 
is its uh, ability ability to jump from one genre to another. And like I think um we don't see it here completely because of like the uh, because of like where the story kind of ends with this volume, but like definitely next volume we are going to see a change like you know with basically this volume is like it's basically Downton Abbey the manga like it's it's <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's all very of the time Victorian melodrama kind of stuff which I can't say I'm very well versed in that kind of media but uh <laughs> you know it it cut like it's basically that to a T as far as I could tell where it's like you know by the end of this volume in particular like you could tell that um and I and I wonder I wonder if like this was something Iraqi kind of had in mind, or maybe this is like uh the the thing that like most authors in jump kind of face where it's like, oh, you know, this the story is okay, but it's not grabbing readers. Let's let's add this new gimmick, you know? Like it's kind of that thing where it's like every manga in jump turns into a battle manga at some point. Um, right. <laughs> and I wonder if like maybe this is what it was. Um because we, we kinda we kinda see like hints at the end of this volume that like some some real supernatural hoo-ha is going to be introduced uh, to the story here. What with like, you know, Dio putting the mask on the people and like kind of experimenting with it uh, and stuff, which I think is interesting. Um, but um, so I guess um, I guess how how did how did you feel about I guess the ending point of this volume? Because like I was kind of thinking about it, and when I think about it, like I feel like the ending of this volume. Uh, because basically it ends with Dio putting on the mask and it just kind of ends there. We don't really see what happens. We'll see what happens next volume. But like, at first I was like, oh, well, like, because cause my thing is, uh, what I love about the anime is that like the first three episodes, I think, make a good starting arc within an arc. Um, mm-hmm. Because b- b- basically like the first three episodes of the of the JoJo anime are everything up to the big like mansion fight or whatever between Jonathan and Dio and like I like if you wanted to get somebody in the JoJo I think those first three episodes are a good starting point and then if you wanted to do another do another batch you just wait until the next three or something like I I think that's a good starting batch of JoJo's episodes to get people into get to kind of give them an idea of the series but uh I was a bit disappointed at first that like the manga, at least this volume, couldn't stop at that endpoint. But really thinking about it, like I think it's also a—I don't know if it was intentional, but I think it's a smart choice to like kind of give readers a taste of like what the series is going to become, at least for this part, but not like basically not show your hand right away. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it is a a good cliffhanger to to end the volume on like oh Dio put on the mask like what's going to happen to him or whatever even though like we kind of saw the effects of the mask like when he used it on that random a uh, guy or whatever but like i guess at this point like when people are reading like i guess you i, I mean you know like, I, I think it's safe to say like you know uh, they're turning into a, a sort of like vampiric creature um right <laughs> but like I don't know. I, I know I'm kind of rambling. I guess my point being that I, I think this was a good cliffhanger in that it doesn't completely show what's going to happen right away, but I think it gives new readers a good taste of like, hey, you got some weird shit coming up. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think you're exactly right. Um, the mask itself, this this visual of of your villain putting on the mask, um, 
is really great. Uh, it, it both shows that there's more coming and anything to do with, um, I'm always fascinated with masks and eyes and any kind of imagery that has to do with the face. Um, so Dio, as we knew is, is, is gone now. Uh, he's being replaced by, by something new, something unknown. It's, it's definitely been hinted at how bizarre this mask is with the, 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 the daggers and things that come out. So having him put it on, it's just like, you know, what's what's going to happen next? And 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 the fact that it's activated by blood, and it's this uh ba- basically not a torture device, but like this weird thing that came from Aztec culture. Like there's there's a whole uh background behind this mask that like isn't like fully explored in the anime, at least not right away. But like that that's basically how the manga starts. Like you you get you get you basically get the background on this mask like right away. Which, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so too. And um, I think it's a strong start, um, especially, it's just, I don't know, it's a, it's a good cliffhanger, you know, as far as things are concerned. And it's not uh, something you, I don't know, mystic masks uh, that are uncontrollable is a unique hook in and of itself. I mean, sure, we're not quite to what people associate with JoJo's, the stands and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of just being a strong hook, like, yeah, it's a great place to end. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this volume is pretty good in that, like, you really get to see Jonathan and Dio grow up with each other. Like, you really get to, you really get to see, like, their uh, sort of childhood together and how they, like, uh, kind of act off of each other. Like, uh, like, the, the rivalry between Jonathan and Dio, I think, is legitimately my favorite aspect about this part of JoJo. And I think is why I like this part so much, personally speaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think it carries the whole story, even if there are some parts of the story I'm not a huge fan of, which we'll probably cover next time. But uh, <laughs> you know, for for now, I I think the beginning of Phantom Blood is is like I said, like the first the first three episodes of the Phantom Blood anime, I think, are a strong enough little mini story in and of itself. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, yeah, but I, I think that's really about all I have to say about the first volume in particular. Again, like, I really, I really enjoyed revisiting, uh, the manga for this, and, uh, I, I really can't wait to go through the rest of Phantom Blood, because like I said, like, I, I feel like I don't know anyone that, like, likes Phantom Blood as much as I do, because m- most people, <laughs> most people really kind of dismiss it, which, again, I can, I can understand that, like, it's, it's not like the best story ever written or anything, and it does have its flaws, but like, le- legitimately, like, and maybe we'll get to this, like, w- once, like, once I, like, cover other parts and stuff, but like, compared to all the parts of JoJo I've seen up to this point, again, I'm caught up with the anime, I haven't read past part five, but, uh, I, I feel like out of all the JoJo's parts, this is the one that feels like the most consistent with me, like, 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 I guess, for example, like, part parts three and four. Like, part three, I feel like I really enjoy the characters in part three, and I'm attached to them for the most part. But the stand fights, while I don't think they're bad, I feel like most of them are pretty simple. And Araki is clearly trying to figure out his way through those kinds of fights, because they're new at that point. Whereas part four, I like the characters in part four, and I, you know, I care about them for the most part, but, like... I'm mostly there for the stand battles because the stand battles in part four, I think are a huge improvement and are legitimately really fun to kind of like figure out. Like it's, it's more than just, Oh, I can't fight against the stand whose power is OP. Well, I guess I'll punch the stand user and then it'll cancel out their powers. Like there's more, there's more going on to the fights in part four besides just that, which 
uh, which is why I like part four a lot. So, so uh, I guess basically the point I'm trying to get to is like, I feel like with every JoJo part, or at least all the parts I've seen, like, I feel like there's always some sort of give and take, like, this aspect is really good, but this other aspect is lacking. Like, I don't feel like I have, like, I, I don't feel like I have that with parts one and two in particular. Right, right. Uh, which is why I think I'm so attached to to the earlier parts of the story. But no, yeah, uh, I think, uh, I think we've had a good discussion here today, Grant, and, uh, yeah. I, I really, I really hope everybody enjoyed this. Uh, basically, uh, if you enjoyed our first episode of the Manga Mavericks Book Club, um, tune in next time as we cover, uh, the Viz release of Volume 2 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 1, Phantom Blood. That is a mouthful. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, Grant, I, I think this was a pretty good first episode, and I, I'm really looking forward to, um, I'm really looking forward to covering the rest of Part 1 with you, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, looking forward to it as well. I'm excited to do it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think we can, I think we can just wrap up here. So, uh, Grant, I guess, uh, let the good people know where they can find you. Uh, well, they can find me at, at Grant the Thief on Twitter, which is where most people know me from. Uh, you can find me at the Blade Licking Thieves podcast. You can find me at the Super Senpai podcast. And you can find me uh, writing articles for Yadatachi.com as well. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely go listen to all of Grant's podcasts. Like, I'm a huge no. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Blade Licking Thieves in particular. Um, and I also Stop, like... Stop, I'm blushing. <laughs> I, I, also, I also do enjoy listening to uh, Super Senpai podcast uh, when I, whenever I have the chance to as well. And uh, we'll definitely leave a link or uh, links to all of Grant's stuff in the show notes, because if you're not following Grant, you should. No more followers, please. No. (laughs) (laughs) So many. (laughs) But, uh, you know, if you want to find me, you know, if you listen to any of our MAGA Maverick stuff, you probably already know who I am. But in case you don't, uh, you can follow (laughs) me on Twitter at SniperKing323. Um, I do a lot of manga threads and tweet about stuff, whatever I'm watching and reading, the usual stuff. And uh, I mentioned all my other podcasts, Life Lessons, uh, One Podcast Prevails, The Poltergeist Report. Um, if you go to coltoncorner.wordpress.com uh, and you click on the podcast section of my blog, you can actually find links to all of my shows there. Because I realized that uh, plugging each and every one of my shows is uh, kind of a waste of time. So, uh, you know, um, just just go, go go to my personal blog there. Again, podcast page. And you'll find links to all my stuff if you're uh, interested at all. Um, and I guess before we head off here, uh, we should mention that uh, a, a big reason I wanted to cover uh, JoJo in particular was because the first three parts of JoJo, so that's Phantom Blood, Battle Tendency, and Stardust Crusaders, uh, the entirety of all those arcs of JoJo are available to read on the Shonen Jump app and website. Uh, if, if you don't know what the Shonen Jump app and website is, but basically it's, uh, you, you pay $2 a month and you get access to a lot of different manga. Uh, JoJo's in particular, you will have access to all of. So, you know, if you, if you want to get into the JoJo's manga and basically join us in our, uh, listening in our, in on our discussion, uh, but you're like, ah, oh, you know what? Uh, I don't know if I want to spend ten bucks per uh, per volume. You know what? If you want a cheaper alternative, that's where you can find it. Uh, I'll I will definitely leave links to those in the show notes as well. Because um, you know, I figured, you know, n- now that JoJo is so readily available, as cheap as it is, like, why not cover it? You know, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I figured now was as good as time as any. So, um, but yeah, I think that's basically gonna be it for. Uh, for for this episode and uh, I guess we have we'll see you guys next time bye <laughs>